Hey everyone, I'm Yasmin Nori and you're listening to the Behind Her Empire podcast. I'm on a mission to showcase successful self-made women who share honest stories and lessons of what it really takes to create the life you want and build your own empire. If you've been listening to the show, you know, just like you, I've been on my own personal journey to build my empire. I've recently started a new business called Bia that helps women tackle their period problems and hormonal imbalances using a natural whole foods approach. If you're suffering from extreme cramps, irregular periods, fatigue, bloating, stay tuned because a little bit later in the podcast, I'll share a bit more about my company, Bia. But for now, let's jump into today's episode. I want to welcome this week's guest, Eileen Jimenez, to our show today. Eileen is the founder and creative director of Sire Design, an interior design studio based in Miami, and she's also the star of the hit Netflix show, Designing Miami. Eileen's journey to success was far from straightforward. She initially wanted to become a judge and then eventually found her true passion in the world of architecture and interior design. Although it took her some time to figure out her career path, which we'll get into today, she hustled for years as a one-woman show, put in the work, and now has an incredible all-women team that works on high-end luxury residential projects, yachts, and private aircrafts. Her work has also been in a ton of publications like CNN, NBC, E! Entertainment, and more. We talked to Eileen about how to garner the courage to go after your dreams despite any setbacks that may come your way, and why patience, hard work, and a good heart is the secret to success. We also chat about how her parents' immigrant mentality has influenced her, what she does to push through the insecurities and fears she has while running the business. And we have some real talk around how we're thinking about kids and family planning alongside going after our goals and our dreams. We'll also get a behind the scenes look of her Netflix show, which I'm obsessed with and love and so much more. Welcome to the show, Eileen. Thank you. It's my pleasure. I've listened to a lot of amazing women that have been a part of the podcast. So it's really exciting for me to be a part of it. Well, I'm honored that you listen in. I was just telling you before the the interview, you know, I'm very selective about the women that come on because this is just a pure passion of mine. And I was watching you and your husband on Netflix and I was hooked. I'm like, I love her energy. She's such a badass. She's so <laughs> real and authentic, which is like something I always Thank look you. for. So this is going to be a really fun interview for me. And I know everyone listening. So I'm just excited to jump into your story and get into it. Well, that means so much. I'm so excited to share. I'm so excited to share. I can't wait. I can't wait. Awesome. There's so much I want to talk about today, but I want to start talking about actually the way you think about dreams. I know looking at your career and your life, seeing you on Netflix, it seems like you've accomplished so much to get to where you are today. And I'd love to get your perspective around what do you think differentiates those who have the courage to go after their goals and dreams versus those that might be intimidated by it and not really take that first step to go after it? There is a sense of always being very consistent. I think when you have dreams, you have dreams. And it's the idea of, okay, I want to have this dream and saying, and you read quotes all the time that say, you know, don't talk about your dreams, like act about it. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think constantly having dreams and goals, writing them down, but actually doing something towards working towards them is important. It's very, very important. And, you know, sometimes it's intimidating, but they say, if, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's not big enough. And it's funny because, you know, I went recently skiing with a friend of mine and she was so scared to go. And I kept screaming at her from the top of the mountain, success is in the other side of fear. So you have to understand that with that fear comes knowing that on the other side of that success is there. You just have to like get through it and fear is a normal part of it. And I think the fear stems from fear of failing. 
And so what if you fail? So what if you failed the first try? Think about it. Did you stop trying to walk when you learned how to walk after you fell a few times or did you continue and continue until you perfected it? The same thing happens with goals and aspirations and dreams. It's knowing that failure is a part of it, but also understanding that you have to be very consistent with keeping those goals in mind and actually working towards that. Because it's very easy to want a lot of things and not work for anything or want a lot of dreams and do nothing about it. You have to do something about it. Yes. Amen. And we'll talk all about that today. But what I love so much about you is the consistent hard work you've done over the years to kind of like get to where you are. And you mentioned this in another interview, which I love because I feel like it definitely resonates with me. You know, you mentioned you have these big dreams and sometimes you're not even sure the exact path to get towards it. And I feel like, you know, I have a company, I started a company. I'm so passionate about the mission of like supporting women, helping women, but I didn't really know exactly the path. And I'm just bringing that up because I feel like there's probably people listening in today who feel that way, but I'd love to just maybe kind of hear your perspective around that as well. I mean, that's 1000% true. I say to me, I think it's so important to always know that if you're going to do things with the right foot and you're going to work really hard and you're going to do things with the great intention, that on on its own is a bubble. It's kind of like a secret weapon that I always say. It's really easy to get bogged down by the ins and outs of how to get there. What do I do? Where do I start? Let's be very honest. Majority of people who are successful will tell you they had no clue what they were doing when they started. I had no clue what I was doing when I started. I had no idea. I didn't know what path to go. I just knew I wanted to go. Until this day, there's goals that I have that I'm trying to figure out how to get there. I have no clue how to get there, but I'm making moves that are rooted on hard work, good heart, determination, and being the best version of myself and knowing that along that path, it's going to align me to where I need to go. So if you don't always have your things figured out from the beginning, if you don't know what's a path, it's never going to be perfect. You're going to figure out that path along the way. You're going to figure out, you learn, going back to the analogy of, you know, walking, you fall, you get up, you go sideways, you drag yourself, you do so many things before you actually get there. And all of that leads you to the final result. So who cares what path, who cares? Wing it, wing it. (laughs) I will say, attach yourself to people, attach yourself to people who are mentors, who are doing things, do a lot of research. I mean, I, one thing that really is really important for me, and it's something that I still do to this day is if I'm going somewhere, I want to know who and everyone is in that room and who is the person I need to be speaking to. I don't care if they don't know me. I like going into a space and knowing who people are because that allows you then to determine what connections, what people want to lead you to where you want to be at or who can give you a tip that's going to help you get there. It's really just about working really hard and doing it and moving forward and aligning yourself and trying to figure out. I would say there's different avenues. Try them all until you find one that you see that you're more comfortable with and that leads you one step closer to where you want to be. I love that. I want that actually on like a sweatshirt, hard work and like a good heart. What was that? Tell me hard work and a good heart and like good yeah, intentions. Hard work and a good heart and good intentions lead you everywhere. That's it's, a, it's like so the base. It's like, it's like the magic the magic. We live in a world where people want to work with people they like, yep. people that they trust. We live in a society where authenticity counts very, very much. And I love that because for so long we're fed like the pretty picture and the authentic real self. It's almost like you can't. No, no, no. That needs to change. 
authenticity should always rule and people can read that. And if that is the base of who you are as a person, that's who you want to align yourself with. So you're going to click with people who are like that. You're going to automatically gravitate to that and doors will open for you just like they opened for me. Yes. I can echo that. I think it's so true. And like you said, one thing that you mentioned earlier in the interview, I feel like I have so many thoughts right now because there's so much gold with what you just said. But one of them is how you've really trying to align yourself and connect with others who are similar to you. And I think when you are authentic, when you are a caring person and the right intention is there, I truly, truly can agree with you that certain doors will open and you just have to do the work along the way because there's so much in my business that I wasn't sure, you know, how we were going to grow or who I was going to connect with. And you being a good person and doing the work and putting yourself out there, you just bring amazing individuals in your network and you all kind of propel together. So I truly, truly believe in that. And I love that you mentioned that. So I actually want to take it back to very, very early days of Eileen, you know, when you were younger and you mentioned that your parents, that your parents actually have something, what you call immigrant syndrome, which I definitely can relate to, but tell me more about that and kind of how that mindset really affected the woman that you are today. Well, because up to a certain point, being a first generation American, obviously you consider yourself American and you think that the world that you're presented is like your oyster. And when you come from immigrant parents, you come from a generation of people who worked really hard to be, who, at least in my case and in my culture, have risked their life to get on a boat for freedom, to come to a country like this, and will give anything to have the price of freedom and have a country that they can do whatever they want. But with that comes also a trauma. And I don't like saying it's a small mindset because I don't think it's a small mindset whatsoever. I think it's a fear mindset Mm. of, oh my God, we've reached, this is our plateau, this is our growth. Now let's enjoy it. Let's sit still. Let's be nice. Let's be proper. Let's do the right thing. Let's follow this path that has been led to us for so many years generationally as a path that we should take. And I think that comes, that's where it comes down with what I call the, you know, immigrant syndrome and that aspect. It's of a fear of not being able to. But I think now being a first generation American, for me, it's a little bit different because I see that now, but I never felt that. It wasn't until I wasn't an adult that I was like, okay, these are the ideologies that I've been taught, but now this is what I want to do. So it's almost like I took what America has had generationally for years and then taking my immigrant parents and pushed them together to show that, yeah, you can come from this really difficult, harsh background mindset, but then take that and convert that into really hard work, knowing the sky's the limit, that you could do whatever you want and that that's going to skyrocket you to whatever you want to do. So when you combine those two things together, I feel like that's the recipe of me. That's a recipe of like, wow, I saw the struggle that they went, they went through, but look at all the opportunities that I have and that I can create for myself. We can create that for myself. I think that's something that we have that our parents were not taught. Like you can't do any, everything you want. I don't think they were brought up with that ideology. You could do everything and anything you want. I think us, our generation, we have learned that we can do that. Absolutely. And you know, it's so interesting because I haven't heard it said that way, but it's funny because having immigrant parents, you know, they came here with not a lot similar to my parents, and they've really built something for Mm -hmm. themselves. So they've really made it in their eyes. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, is that for their children, they want that stability. They want them to have the good job because they risked everything, kind of like what you're saying. And we're in this unique position. They want the comfort. Exactly. For their children, because they didn't have Mm -hmm. that. But it's so Mm -hmm. fascinating because I feel like we're in this interesting generation where 
we saw everything that they created, which is still beautiful from nothing. And we get access to just so much more that we want to kind of follow their path, but do it bigger in a different way versus staying more comfortable and building the life they want for Correct. us. But that definitely Correct. resonates. And, and safe, I know- Playing it safe. Be safe, I know. Playing it safe. That's what it comes down to. Playing it safe and being safe. Yeah, exactly. And I know you had aspirations growing up to- be many things, you know, one of them that you've mentioned a few times is being a lawyer and a judge. So tell me more about how you thought about yourself and kind of how you really pivoted the world that you were interested in. You know, it's funny. I always had like this old soul in me and I always wanted to do so many things. I was like, oh, I wanted to be, you know, a dancer. I want to be in choir. I want to, I still, this day, I still think I have a little bit in me. And my attorney says, and maybe he's biased and I don't care. He's like, you're literally one of my favorite clients because I do so much research ahead of time before I come at him with questions because I do love law. I love the, you know what it is? I think law is so rigid and so formed. And like the Virgo in me is like that very kind of rigid and formed in so many ways. And I think that's what I find attractive of law, how rigid there's like, this is what it is. There's right, there's wrong. There's good, there's bad, there's... I love that. I love that. And also the technicality part of it and how complex it is. But then the creative side, it's like this free form, you know, emotional person in me that I have. So like, I thought I wanted to do that, but then that emotional part of me was like, oh, you're not, you know, I'm not sure. But I think I flourish in design because I'm able to connect with people one-on-one. I'm able to connect with clients. There is a sense of comfort and warmth that I like people to feel and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing better than meeting somebody and clicking with them and being like, wow, I feel like I've known you my whole life. I love that. So when people tell me that, I'm like, I love that. And that's what I want to resonate back into, you know, my projects, my work. And I think that's where like my two worlds collided and I ended up going obviously for design. But growing up, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I feel like there's some people who are bored. They're like, oh, I knew I wanted (laughs) to be a dentist my whole life. I knew I wanted to be a doctor. I did. And I knew I wanted to do something different. Mm. And that's something they did say. I wanted to do something different. And I think I did a little bit different than most people did. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, I know you kind of fell into this world of design. You got exposure in college to it, you know, with architecture. Then you're like, I'm so passionate also about the interiors of it. And I believe, you know, I don't know when your dad had mentioned this, but he was like, Eileen, like just be a normal interior designer. Tell me more about that experience and what really prompted him to say that. Yeah, I think it was, we were, I don't know what, what the, I wish I could remember. I, you know, I mean, my brain can only withstand so much information. (laughs) Like my hard drive's like falling apart, but I know we were discussing something about my growth or I was telling him something I wanted to do. I don't even know what it was. I just recall him telling him to me, but Eileen, why don't, why don't you just be a regular designer? And I was like, for what? Why? Why be a regular designer when you could be like an amazing freaking designer? I have this conversation with my husband all the time. Like, yeah, we want to be well-known. Yeah, we want to have great work. We want to be well-known in Florida and Miami. But that's not just where we want it. We want nationwide. We want we want to be the best in the goddamn mm. world. Like, we want to like, the world is our oyster. Our mentality is not limited into like this small complex. And I told him, I was like, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to be regular. And to this day, I still talk about that. So do you remember that <laughs> conversation where you told me, why don't you just be a regular designer? Well, take that. Take that, you know? It's funny. I've always known that I was very different than most people in the sense of just like, I 
think different. I feel different. I act different. I'm wired different. And I think that's led me to where I am today. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not fitting in. I'm okay with not, you know, following the crowds. I'm okay with doing it my path. However, I feel works best. I'm okay with making the mistakes. I'm okay with learning. I'm okay with all of it. I receive it because I know it's part of my process and part of my path to get to where where I want to be. Hey everyone, it's Yasmin here. I wanted to tell you a quick story. Before I started this podcast, I was working extremely long and crazy hours in banking and then in tech. I was totally burnt out, not living my truth and dreaming of always building my own empire. With all of this stress, it came really debilitating periods from bloating, cramping, extreme breast tenderness and really unpredictable moods. I would always complain to my friends that I was literally out of commission for at least a week every single month. And that adds up to three months in every year. Other than feeling frustrated that my really bad periods were keeping me from pursuing my actual goals, I knew that something wasn't right. Women are not inherently designed to suffer every single month. That's when I learned about hormonal imbalances. I started working with functional medicine doctors who told me that years of stress combined with taking birth control pills long-term created a cascade of hormonal damage in my body. This is why I felt bloated, tired, crampy, and moody before and throughout my period. They recommended I try something called seed cycling. And let me tell you, it's changed my life. Seed cycling is the simple process of using food as medicine to naturally support your hormones. It uses four different types of seeds, yes, actual seeds, throughout your menstrual cycle to support the balance of hormones like progesterone and estrogen and give your body critical nutrients it needs to achieve your best health. Within weeks of starting this process, I noticed major shifts in my period and my overall health. But I also noticed that seed cycling is actually kind of hard to do. I wanted the best quality seeds freshly ground in the right amount, but it was very time consuming. So I decided to create a simple and effective way for anyone to start seed cycling today using the highest quality organic seeds in the right amounts with the right support. It's called Bia, and I'm so excited to bring it to you. Now, anyone struggling with hormonal imbalances can easily incorporate seed cycling into their busy schedule with the Bia Seed Cycling Bundle. This process has been life-changing for me. I no longer deal with cramps, bloating, breast tenderness, or any other PMS symptoms before my period. It's been a complete game changer, and it's allowed me to focus on things that matter most to me, like this podcast and building my own empire. And most importantly, I want this for you too. If you or anyone you know has been struggling with hormonal imbalances or bad periods, go to beawellness.com slash free. Once again, it's beawellness.com slash free to download our free guide to our top tips in tackling hormonal imbalances and to learn more about our seed cycling bundle. We included this link in the show notes along with a promo code for $10 off for all of our Behind Her Empire listeners. I know you're going to love seed cycling just as much as I do. Thanks for listening. And now let's get back to the show. Yeah, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm like, wow, you have been so wise, even at a young age, for you to really have that knowingness of wanting to be different. Because I mean, looking at my journey when I was younger, I knew I was different. I knew I kind of was here in the world to do something that 
was different from everybody else. Like I was like creating my own clothes, starting businesses, but I kind of fell into the corporate life of let me do what everybody's doing and satisfy my parents and make a lot of money in corporate. And it took me like a good 10 years to kind of now go back to who I was as a younger Yasmin and really tap into like the uniqueness and the fact that I want to be different and make an impact. And I just love listening to you because you've kind of held that for most of your life. And I'm curious, do you have any friends around you who are thinking thinking that way because also it's tough to kind of think differently when people around you don't really see it that in a sense but did you have a community around you that kind of has helped you think this way or I to be honest I can't say I mean I have friends that I've had for many years since I was very young they're my biggest cheerleaders you know they support me in my wildest dreams and I think it's almost like it's embedded in who I am and they've been my friends for so long that they know that like normal is just not good enough, you know, that being different and, and that I embrace it. I don't shy away from it. I don't try to sugarcoat it. I don't try to fit in. No, if I don't like, like I, I don't, I, I literally am, I am, mm. am, I am, I take up the space that I am intended to take, whether you like it or not. And that is something that they respect and they understand. And it's reciprocated because we've been friends for so long. And, and my friends, literally, you put all my friends, they're all so different. You're like, how are you friends with all these people? And it's because I am the same way with them. I take them for who they am. I see the good. I know they're going to have their imperfections just like I do, but I love them for who they are and the good of what they are. I can't say necessarily like I surround them myself. No, I've always been kind of like a lonely bird in the sense where I flourish on my own. I do my own thing. I kind of like concave myself you know and in this head inside here is where everything happens and it doesn't come out until it's not ready to come out and I embrace it and I do it on my terms so I feel it's almost like survivor mode where you're constantly surviving like protecting (laughs) yourself and protecting your ideas and when you want to create and until you're not ready to let them out and put them out there you don't put it out And, and that's how I've always been that's how I've always been like I literally have like I feel a world and mind of my own in my own mind as I process and I do things. And I think that's what's led me to go from point A to point B to point yeah. C because I'm always, and again, that's piggyback off of the first question you asked. I'm constantly putting myself goals and things I want to do and places I want to be and all of these mm-hmm. things. And I can say firsthand experience, if you focus on them and if you work hard on them and going back to being real to who you are and just give it your all, it happens. It actually happens. So, you know, it's, it's not a problem. Take up the space, be yourself. Whether somebody, if you're weird, you're weird. I'm weird. I don't care. I'm weird. You know, I'm the person who sings for most things. I embrace it. If you don't like it, fine. Perfect. I respect you. I like you for what you like. Yeah. Simple. Take up the space, be yourself, because if you're going to connect with people and you're going to live in this world, mm-hmm. you want it to be 100% who you are. Don't have imposter syndrome. Be yourself. You're stuck with yourself forever. It's so <laughs> true. I just so appreciate that. And I've been thinking a lot about every day and especially like when you're starting a business and you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, you know exactly what you want to create and how you can create it. And I think it's so important sometimes to have those boundaries and to really know what is important to you because you can grow businesses. You can do certain partnerships that don't feel right to like the core of who you are. Yeah. And like you kind of mentioned, this is a life that you're going to live. Like you want to be good with you want to make sure it's aligned Mm. with your values and what you want to bring to the world. And that's why people are always like, I want to start a business. I want to do this. And I'm like, for what? Why? What is your why? You know, because I'm sure even Mm. with you, you know, I'm curious, obviously your business has grown significantly and doing well financially and having more awareness in the world. That is not going to be the only driver to get you to point A to B. Like it really needs to be, you want to create something that 
really aligns with like who Eileen is. And I feel like you've done a really good job doing that. Thank you. Thank you. And that, that's really important. It's the why you're doing things. Why are you doing it? Okay. If you're doing it because you want to be rich. Good luck. Okay, well, <laughs> it's going to be hard. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. You have to have the why. And I, we recently spoke to somebody that he told me it was the most important thing with entrepreneurs understanding the yeah. why. And for my why, it's just a proven track record that if you work hard, you do good, you have a good heart, you do things with the right intentions and you align yourself with the right people, that in itself is going to contribute. And if I can motivate somebody to see that, if I can be a living proof that as you know, a daughter of immigrant parents, as a Latina, as a woman, as a young person, mm. all of these things associated, if I can do it, anybody can do it and feel that it's accessible. Because, you know, we have so many celebrities and people around the world that were like, oh my God, I dream, I dream, I dream. And it's almost in a not you know accessible i've had countless messages sent to me after the show aired and i take the time to respond to all of them because i know at some point i wrote to somebody that didn't respond back to me and i was like oh i wish they would have but the moment that somebody did it meant so much to me and it was like oh my god like they wrote and that little piece right there is why i do it in exchange because that is what i believe that i put out into the universe because the universe has been really good to me. I've had a lot of opportunities. I've had a lot of success. I've had, I still have so many doors opening to me and I want to contribute mm. that back. I want to share that and share with whoever may need to hear like, Hey, yeah, you got it. You know, you ask my friends, if there's one friend that they can call, if they want to do something, if they want to venture on their own, or if they want to start a business, I'm the first one. Like, okay, let's put together a business plan. How do we figure out this is a target? What about this idea? Like, no, clean this up. You have to create the LLC. I'll do it for you. Like, I will be your number one supporter because I know what that means to somebody because I know when I started, I didn't have that support. So I would have given anything to have somebody be like, hey, I got you. I got you. Because sometimes we need that. Yes. And I have no problem being that for the other people. Oh, that's so beautiful. And yeah, even if it's someone that you don't personally know, but someone saying good, like, I got you. Mm -hmm. I see you. Like, we all just want to be seen yeah. for who we are. I think you ha really do have that gift. And I see it the way you handle your team and how you are in your relationships. And it's just, it's definitely in your aura. So it's just, it's very beautiful. And I love that you're putting it out there. And a big reason why I wanted to really showcase your story, because everyone has a power to be amazing. And you're an example of that, of not knowing what you wanted to do do, not having like the parental support for it and really killing it through hard work. One question I had is, you know, you've always, I love what you said, like you are just you. I am like, I love that. And I feel like people who have that, it's kind of tough to work for others. And I know you kind of worked for different people before you went off and did your own thing. So I'd love to kind of hear what was it like working for other people? Was it tough for you? Was it important for you to kind of have that experience to make the leap and start your own thing. But I'd love to just maybe hear about that time period in your life. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was a short period of time in that aspect. I don't think it was hard. I always saw myself wondering what more I could do. And most of the times I left when I was capped when I was, yeah. and I mean, I probably had two jobs total outside of my career. Now I left once when I was ready to like commit to like design and really go full on board, you know, my first job, it was, I came in just to give you a perfect example. I came in as a receptionist and it was my first job, my first job ever. Three days later, the office manager quit. Mm. Mind you, this is like an office manager. They, they like wouldn't do import and export of seafoods for cruise ships. Like it was crazy. She quit. She was done. I knew that this was a moment for me to step up to the plate and say, okay, prove yourself. Take like, I have, do you think I knew what the hell I was doing? No, I had no idea what I was doing. 
but I stepped up to the plate. I stepped up to the plate and I took that place by a storm and I changed processes. Mm. I modified. I saw ways of making it better. I did what I had to do to make that company better. Because I think one of the biggest successes if you're working for somebody is treat that company like it's your own. And as an employer, as an owner of a company, I see that. I see that. And I know who really treats it as it's their own and they care about it like it's their own. Mm -hmm. We also see it when we know they're not. You know what? And we let it slide, but we know that those people are not going to get very far. Let's be honest. But when you treat it as it's your own and you go above and beyond and you really do what you have to do to try to get better at your craft and make the place that you're working a better place, that is noticed. That is noticed so, 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 so much. So I think it's so important to have that. And that's something that I learned while working for somebody. It was I always treated it like if it was my own and yeah. I would try to make it better. So I can't say it was hard. On the contrary, I was hard on myself. Mm. I was hard on how to be better, how to do these things. And once I reached the plateau and I felt that I was ready to go in a different direction, I left everything in place. I trained everybody. I left because I think it's really important not to burn your bridges. I think it's really, the departure is more important than the entry. Forget about what you did, how long you were. That departure says more. And that to me was really important. And it, I think it's part of the reason why I was able to continue. And that's something I apply even to this day with the project. Not all projects go great. Not all clients are great. But it's about how you leave that project, how you depart, that I think it's really important. So all of that was a learning lesson for my business, even though it applied to working for somebody else. Yes. And you know what I think is so fascinating, that example you just gave, you weren't working in design, right? But there's so many skills and things that you learn from different industries, Absolutely. different jobs that like, because I get so many emails from women that they say, you know, Yasmin, I'm not in the field. I'm not doing what my passions are. And I've worked in a ton of different industries. And it's amazing because similar to you, you do, you're learning so many skills that will, can eventually still help you in whatever you want to ultimately pursue, right? Absolutely. There's a fundamental base in everything and everything is the base of it, no matter what. Okay. Maybe your goal is A, but your job is B. Treat that B as if it's your company, it's your goal and try to perfect it. See what you're slacking, what you're lacking, what you're missing that you can grow on and perfect it. Because the reality is whatever you do, no matter what industry you're in, the principles of who you are as a person, as a professional, apply to all sectors, no matter what you do. And you never know if that person that you worked for, the day of tomorrow is going to support you in your endeavor in your future. You don't know the day tomorrow that person that you're working for is going to be a referral. Yes. The world is so small. So it's so important to always treat things with the highest level of respect. And if you slack off and if you do things in the wrong term, there's going to be a result to that too. Yeah. So as much as like, it's always, you know, most people think it's peaches and peones. It always isn't. But how you hold yourself, your composure, those are all things that you're learning for to later apply mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. 100%. No, it's core. And relationships are just so important in every aspect of business and making sure you don't burn bridges. I completely agree. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I'm curious, you have started without having a lot of people in your network who in design, you really have hustled to get to where you are. And I'm uh -huh. curious, tell us more about those very early days where you didn't have any clients, you didn't have a team. It was just Eileen proving herself. <laughs> Let's talk about that time as well. It was just me, myself, and I. <laughs> That's it. 
It was when it was just myself. I was the person wearing many hats. I actually saw a meme the other day and it made me laugh so much. And it's like <laughs> one guy on the computer and it's just like 20 different copies of him. And it says, when you're a solo interior design studio and it says multidisciplinary interior design studio, and it's a bunch of versions of yourself. That's how I was. I was the person answering the phone. I was a person doing the drafting. I was a person writing up the proposals, writing the contracts, going to the job sites. I was everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned from the bottom. Nothing was, I wasn't given a company, you know, I wasn't handed off a bunch of lists of clientele. She's me, myself and I, and I was doing what I do best. Like I said, at the beginning, I was figuring it out along the way. You know, I was doing things with the right intention. I was making moves. I created my company, created my LLC, started offering services online for consultations. And most of them didn't go to anything. And I knew long-term I wanted to be doing what I'm doing now. I wanted to be in the high-end luxury market, but I had to start somewhere. Mm. I had to start somewhere. And as much as I've always wanted, like, oh my God, I want to get there quick. I've always been okay with appreciating the process and yeah. that eventually I'll get there. Do I want to make it there tomorrow? Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't want to wake up and get yeah. my sensation and have it all figured out and have everything done? Who doesn't? But I know that it's part of the process and the success is a series of small wins. So you make these small wins that lead you into, you know, your path. And I did that. I did the consultation and that led me to one client who she let me do one project and that project, you know, became a bigger part of the project. And she gave me so much recommendation, referred me to so many people. And that person recommended me to somebody else and somebody else. And my business has really, obviously besides the show now was built on complete referrals and word of mouth mm-hmm. and recommendations from one client to another, one developer to another, never paid for any type of marketing, never did anything. I knew that good word eventually would get out. I knew eventually my work would be recognized. I knew eventually my hard work would pay. I knew eventually the connections that I established. I knew that eventually everything I did, let's say today, five years on the line, it would get paid. And I know that what I'm doing today and the conversation that I'm having today with you five years down the line, it's going to impact some way, somehow mm. somebody is going to lead me to somewhere to something I want to do. Yes. Oh, I think that's so powerful. It's like the day-to-day of what you're doing, you're impatient because you're putting in the work, but you're patient with the results. Like, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but I think that's so yeah, powerful because even yesterday I had a call with someone on my team and we were talking about like new products and sales. And she's like, you know, I'm so excited to like have more revenue. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. She's like, how are you so calm, Yasmin? I'm like, I just have this knowing that if we do the right thing and we put one step in front of the other, I know in my heart that the business will be great, right? It will work its way out. And I just think having that knowingness and that patience, which you've had even from when you were younger, I actually think is a huge recipe for success because you're not doing shortcuts. You're not doing certain moves just to like be quicker, you know? So that just came to mind as you were talking about that. Cause I actually think it's really, really important. And I'm making the mistakes. Yeah. And I'm making the mistakes too, to learn through that. And I made the mistakes to learn through that. It's all part of it. I think you worded it perfectly. It's I'm impatient with wanting to get there, but I am patient with the results and knowing that I will get there. I know that. I know that. I, I know that we live in a society where that, and I, and I, and I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it, what I've done in the last five, seven, eight years. I've seen it, the projects that we were working on versus I have team members here that have been here when it was just two, three people. We look at the projects we were doing then, yeah. we look at the projects that we're working on now and all that growth 
it's nice to see. But I do think one thing that I also struggle with, which is maybe something that I think is a good topic to talk about, is also validating myself and being like, wow, you've actually done this. Good job. I'm very bad at that. I'm very great at highlighting everybody else's success. Yes. But I'm not great at highlighting my own. It's almost like a shy away, like, oh no, like don't toot your own horn too hard. Don't toot your and I think that also trickles back also like to generational trauma of you always have to be fearful of is it gonna fall apart? And I think it's important to take a moment to step back and say, wow, look at everything I've accomplished. Mm. Like, look, I built a second floor in this office. Like go me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like take a step and look at what you've accomplished. And that's something that I struggle with so, so, so much. I think it's something we should talk about more and and be okay with like, wow, like good job. Kudos. Kudos to you. It's funny because I've tried to make it a point this year to, you know, focus on that. Mm -hmm. And I even made it in the back of my background of my computer, like these three little bots that said like, you are amazing. The universe has your back. Mm -hmm. And I think you're the luckiest girl in the world. Like all of these things as a reminder, I have them in the back here. And every now and then I'll look at them and be like, oh my God, I am right. I am the luckiest girl in the world. Oh my God, the universe always has my back and everything works out in my favor. Thank you so much. Like I'm so grateful for those opportunities. And it's something that we kind of have to teach ourselves also to be okay with celebrating ourselves. Oh, it's so true. That's so funny. I'm the same. I feel like we're so similar. I am like the hype woman yeah. for everyone. I am the person that's like, you got this. You're amazing. You're really good at this. And I think you should do something like this in your life, but very yeah. similar to, and I actually love that, but I don't have that same naturally that like for love for myself. Like I'm not complimenting myself. If anything, I think starting a business made me realize like, holy shit, I'm so critical on myself. Like it's kind Absolutely. of, it's not. I am my worst Yes. I am my worst critic. I am the most harsh with myself. Yeah. I say things to myself that I would never in a million years say to yes. anybody else. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm saying this to yourself. Yeah. I'm brutal. I'm brutal with myself and I'll simmer and I'll simmer and I'll think about it and I'll remind myself of the mistake yeah. and I'll remind myself of the mistake and I'll just sit there. But I think also that maybe also has led us to be where we are today and has led to the success because the fear of feeling that way is the reason why we do what we do. The fear of being there and thinking and feeling that, not wanting to feel that or say that to ourselves, I think is what pushes us to want to work so hard. Yeah, absolutely. And this is taking me on another direction, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. Running your own business and then having a team, that's just a big job right there. And it's a 24-7 thing, especially when it's your passion. Like we're, we're always thinking about it, you know, whether we want to or not. And I find myself every day, you're not going to feel 100%. For example, this week, I'm actually like burnt out from the week. And I'm still very mindful of like getting enough sleep, getting movement. But you know, you just have some weeks that are, even if you're doing all the wellness stuff, it's just more. It's coming more from you and whatnot. And let's say I took it a little bit slower this morning. I have caught myself thinking, you know, Yata, why are you taking it easy this morning? Those critical thoughts kind of come to my head. Do you ever feel that way? Like, are there any days where you're like, yeah, how do you kind of work through those? those days you just go through them yeah give yourself a little bit of pity and be like oh you suck I mean and then just continue laying on that sofa yeah (laughs) because that's your body telling you that's your body telling you you need to rest yeah like it happens you're not going to always feel great at all times you're not always going to feel great you know And, and, and it's normal and I think that's just part of life you take the highs when you feel really highs when you see the lows and you look at it you know something my therapist taught me it's like with emotions like that see you'd be like okay I see you you're sad today oh okay you're doubted I see you all right I'm gonna let you sit there let me know you're ready to be back to normal we're gonna sit in our own bubble and kind of like simmer in it and figure it out 
go with the flow. Because sometimes you, it's your own body telling you that you're fried out. Sometimes it's your own body telling you, you need a break. You're done. Like even if it's five, five to ten minutes. There's times where I'm sitting outside, sit outside because I need a break, and I'm scrolling on my phone. Yeah. Like, oh, I just like three minutes. What a waste of time. Do you think I get up? No, I sit there and I'm saying, you know what? It's okay because I know that those three minutes I'm going to go back and burn them and work hard at another point. Life is not rigid. It's not like, okay, well, I'm productive from this time to this time. No, you're going to be productive times. You need to embrace those moments, but also embrace the ones that you're not. We're human. Yeah, It's okay. You know, it's, it, it's okay to not always feel at our upbeat. I will say one of the biggest things is making sure that you're not putting on that energy to somebody else. Cause you know, there's times where I'm like super low and my yeah. husband's like, yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to diminish him, you know, in a normal setting, I want to be like, Oh my God, I want him to be miserable. Like, no, but I don't want him to diminish him. And sometimes that'll, that will piggyback off of, and it makes you feel a certain type of way. It's, it's okay not to be okay at all times. Yeah. Ugh, I love that. And I was talking about this. She's kind of like my coach. Honestly, she's, she's like turned into my therapist and she was saying, the same thing. <laughs> she was just like, you know, the days you feel that way, because sometimes when you're not feeling a hundred percent, you're tired. I personally feel like I become more critical and that's like the worst thing worst characteristic to have as an entrepreneur. Like you need to be the one that's like rooting for everybody. You need to inspire people. You need to lead. So you need to make sure you're okay. And she's always like, if you're feeling that way, check in with yourself. How are you feeling? And honestly, it's like that 10 minutes of doom scrolling. I'll just like look at memes and just like die of laughter just so my brain can get like a little break in the day, you know, of like not being so on or so serious. But that 10 minutes or even that 15 minute walk really makes such a big difference. It actually does. And she's always reminding me, she's like, especially as women, we got to work rhythmically. Like you were saying, we're not robots. And I think men, no, we're, we, yeah. we're very intuitive. Yes. We're very intuitive. We're very, if the setting is right, yes. if the mood is right, if the seat is right, if the coffee is warm, if it's Friday, the music, we're very, so we have to like attune. We're very beings that are very, like, and also energy. You feel the energy yes. when you're in the right place and mm. the right mentality. But those, those little shifts, I have like this little tray here with Palo Santo in front of me and a candle. And I know I need to simmer and sit on something I'm going to do for a very long time. And you know what? Let me turn on my Palo Santo and let me turn on the candle just because yes. I like to see like listening. Things like that that set the tone and set the place for how you're going to feel. Or, you know what? I've been sitting here for far too long. I need to go outside, take a break. Let me. And you know what I do sometimes when I feel bombed? I'll call a friend of mine that I know she's always in a good mood. Or <laughs> a friend of mine where she's going to be like, hey, what are you up to? And then I'll tell her something that I'm doing and she'll be super excited even though it's like not super exciting, but she's a great friend and she's uh-huh. super excited for me that I'll feed off of that and then go back inside. Or I'll call my attorney, which it's funny because he's my friend, but he's also my attorney. And he like makes me, he literally, he like makes me feel sane. I'm like, what should I do with this? And what do I do with that? And I feel off of that and then go back to what I'm doing you know and it, it, it is okay to like go and come back go and come back we can't live in this rigid form where it's like oh it doesn't work yeah. and that's something that I also set up in my studio and if you see that we do have that kind of different approach where yes you're going to have days that are great and yes you're going to have days that are bad but you should be able to feel that and feel that as a team and know that it is okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. And I think like you said, honoring like the energy around you and how you feel yeah. is just so key. And that's something yeah. I've just been learning the past like two years. So I think that's super powerful. Let's talk, I'm shifting gears a little bit, but let's talk about this Netflix show. Like I want to get the behind the scenes of how did this come about? Did you ever think that you and your husband were going to be on the show? Tell us everything no. about it. I love it. No, no, no idea. So yeah, I have done some stuff for TV in the past and I, I had done you know a renovation for Macklemore 
for eChannel. I had done some segments for a design show on CNN. And I had stayed in contact with an executive producer and he called me out of the blue one day. Really? And he's like, hey, Eileen, what have you been up to? I saw you got married. You go, oh, do you guys work together? I'm like, no, actually, yeah, I got married. But no, we're, we're competitors. He has his company and I have mine. He's like, wait, wait, wait. He goes, so you guys compete but do the same thing? I'm like, yeah. He has this company. I have mine. And there he's like, can I call you back in like two hours? He called me back in two hours. He's like, hey, listen, we want to film a pilot. We want to go down. We're like, okay, whatever. You know, my husband was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do it. The day of like, you know, the Zoom that we're going to get a call with them. I'm like, hey, baby, you want to do this? He's like, he literally was walking us at the door with his backpack. And he's like, okay, fine, whatever. Really? So he sat in there like, if now we would have never had a show, guys. The show Designing Miami would not exist if he would not have said yes. Well, I mean, I probably, I probably would have had my own show. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just tuning my own horn. I'm tuning my own horn. He was like, sure. So we did that. You know, they came, they filmed the pilot. They were like, hey, listen, we're going to send it off to a few networks. You may not hear from us for a few weeks. The following day, they call us. They're like, hey, Netflix wants to get on a Skype with you. And me and my husband were like, (laughs) what? Like, we were skiing in Colorado. We're like, are you joking? Yeah. And pretty much, we got on the call with Netflix and... We then later like had a few calls with the production company and they called us and like, Hey guys, like I do, we just want you to know that 99% of the time networks turn down shows most of the time he goes. So to get one offer is amazing. So not only did we get one offer, we didn't get two, we got three offers. No way. Yeah, we got three offers and we were like, what in the world? (laughs) And obviously we ended up going at the beginning, they had asked us, you know, if you, for your first season, you know, whatever the show takes goes from there, but for your first season, where would you want to be? And I was like, heck, let's go for Netflix. I'm like, let's try for Netflix. When they called us and they told us like, hey, listen, like Netflix, want your show. We were like, Oh, my, oh God. my God. Like, we couldn't believe it. Like, we were just shocked. And that is the result of designing Miami. Oh, my God. I love it. I mean, was it because you guys are so just real and authentic? Like, it doesn't feel scripted. It's, you're, you both are really just like who you are. Was that an adjustment having a camera crew kind of follow you? Like, what was that experience like? You know, I get that asked so much. And today I was just with somebody that they're like, how do you do it? It comes off so easily. I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't bother me. I feel like the cameras are just, yeah. just there. Like it doesn't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. You know, my friends say, they're like, oh, you were met. My sister's like, oh, you were met for this. I don't yeah. even know how you do it. And I was just like, they don't bother me. They, I like, I don't, I'm not acting any different. I mean, for Christ's sake, episode one, you guys are seeing me in bed in a room with no makeup on my hair all over the place. Like, that is who I am. Like, one day you'll see me super glammed up, and another day I look like somebody who hasn't showered. So it's like, it's it's a truth of reality. And I think just opening that and being okay with knowing that that's, and again, that was a general adjustment. There was a lot of therapy associated with that, with knowing that you're opening the world to like who you are and being real and I was fearful of how that was going to be received because I know there was going to probably be a lot of criticism. I'm like, oh, why didn't you brush your hair in the morning? Like, yeah, that's how I wake up. But to be quite honest, I would say 99% of the feedback has been positive. Amazing. There's always that 1% of that warrior keyboarder that's like creating <laughs> a fake account to write something. Yes. Like it's probably some of my ex-boyfriends or some of their, or their wives, you know what I mean? Their wives and my ex-boyfriends, <laughs> they're like, ah, she's on TV. You know, like it's the 1%. It's really rare. It's always like no profile, like a random message. Yes. In 99% of the time, it's been so positive in so many ways and to see that it was so well received and that we were very real was amazing incredible and do you think 
has this experience kind of opened your mind to even thinking bigger with your goals and your dreams? Incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, now I think after I plat, like not I plateaued the wrong word after I reached, you know, Netflix, I thought that was something was never possible. I thought that was like not something that because it never happened. Like I thought that's just not attainable. Now that I got that, now I'm like, oh, so you guys see what I'm working on. Let me put up my sleeves. I know that I, if there's anything out there, I, I I can grasp it. I can achieve it. I just have to work hard for it and align myself with the right situations. And and now we're getting bombarded with so many opportunities. And I literally had a call today with with a company of so, a work that we're trying to do together. And. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm hearing all the opportunities, but I'm only attaching myself to ones that I authentically feel connected to Mm. and work with. Mm -hmm. Because the get rich quick method, it's not something I believe in. I don't believe in just like telling you to buy something like buy this pen because I like it because I got paid. No, 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 no. I want to align myself with opportunities and and partnerships that are real, that I believe in, that I care for, and that are going to lead to something else and help me reach those goals. Like you mentioned, help me reach those goals that now are even bigger because now that I got there, now I'm like, okay, what about this that I thought about doing once? Yes. And what about this? Like, I never thought they were attainable. I never thought they were. I love that. And I think this just shows that's why it's so important to take that first step because you hit these different milestones and then doors just open and your mind kind of expands to what's possible and you just continue going down that path. Like I said, success is a series of small wins. Yeah. Success is a series of small wins. Exactly. And how has your husband kind of taken the Netflix show and life after it and all the buzz? How is he thinking about it? Oh, him too. I mean, I'm much more sappy wappy about it. So I'm like, (laughs) oh, look at this message that somebody sent me, you know? But he's super, I mean, he's so excited. He, he loves the messages. He loves how well-received it is. He loves like the outcome, what it's done to his business, what it's done to his team, to our business sort of team. We're very excited. We're also very, very, very grateful that it was so well-received and that so many people resonated and that so many people connected with us and that it's opened so many opportunities for us. So it's like, you know, what can we do now to give back? What can we do now to help somebody else feel what it feels like to like reach that goal at the end? You're seeing the gold at the end of the rainbow. I love it. And I know in the, if any, if you have not seen the series and you're listening, definitely check her out on Netflix. But I, you know, it's interesting because both me and my husband are also in wellness. We have our own separate companies, right? Also, he's a little bit older, cool. has been kind of doing the entrepreneurial thing, maybe six, seven more years more than me. So he's in a different phase of his life. And what I appreciated about you, you've been having your own company for a while. I know your husband recently launched his. And what I so yeah. appreciate, and this is how me and my husband, our relationship in terms of our businesses, it just was very similar. He was kind of working on figuring figuring something out. And you know, you could have easily jumped in there and told him do XYZ because of just your experience. And you literally said something like I could easily jump in and he knows I have his back for whatever he needs. But this is a process he needs to go through. And I think it's so powerful because so many people tell me, oh, obviously having my husband support is huge, right? Just because he gets what I'm doing and whatnot. But he doesn't tell me how to do things. And I think a lot of people assume like, oh yeah, I'm sure Drew, do you work with Yaz on this? And he's like, she, this is her thing and she's doing it and I'm here to support. But I think that's just so powerful because he's doing things in a different way than you. You know what I mean? And your opinion might be different than how he would think about something. So I just thought that was so- And and that comes up so much. And that comes up so much because people are like, why don't you guys just join? They're like, because we're two different people. We have two different mentalities. And then, and even when I first started, look, 
what people have seen is, is the storyline. And we know Ray going on his own and starting his team from zero. But what people don't know is when I met Ray, Ray had a team of nine people and I was just some solo. I was by myself and he helped me here and there when I asked for it, but he let me do what I wanted to do, but he was always there to support me, whatever it is I wanted to do, however it is I wanted to do it. And we've piggybacked off of each other. But one thing I've learned is I have to let him go through his journey and he's going to let me go through my journey. Yeah. It's and when he needs me, he knows I'm there. And don't get me wrong, as a Virgo who's very opinionated, it's really hard. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I give too much my opinion when it's not asked for. Yeah. But I think there's a good balance there of knowing, like, hey, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure I know. I'm not worried because I knew even through the struggle and everything that was going on, I knew there was going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. I know that that was temporary. It felt yeah. like a very long time, but it was going to be temporary. It's going to be something that's temporary. Emotions and things that happen are temporary, and then they change and they shift. So don't simmer on the moment, you know, and, and I hear this podcast that it's a relationship podcast. So it's nothing, but I think it can apply to many things. And it said, don't focus on something today that you're not going to worry about or care about three years from now. If you're going to care about it three years from now, then yeah, worry about it. But if you're not going to worry or it's not going to be a problem three years from now, don't worry about it. Don't simmer on it. And that's, I knew his journey, what he was going through was temporary. And it's a truth. Now he's a team of, I don't even know how many, I think like <laughs> eight or nine. Amazing. He's doing projects all over. Yeah. He's doing projects all over the U.S. and Costa Rica. Rico. Everything was temporary. And, and now he tells me, he's like, I can't believe it's already been the songs to win on my own. And, and I'm enjoying the pride. I can't believe I was in such a place here. And then now I'm here. And it's really, it's really nice to see. Oh, so beautiful. I love that. I love just how supportive you guys are of each other, but still allow each other to be your own person. You know, even I'm sure outside of business, it's like you guys are both very independent. It's like, how can you allow both of you guys just to be as powerful as you can be? But that's mm-hmm. phenomenal. And, you know, one thing that did come up, and I get, again, this question a lot too, so it resonates. The question, and I know this was on the show, of just family pressure of having a kid, getting pregnant. I just really resonated with everything that you were talking about. But how have you kind of managed that as someone who is very focused on their business and growing that and your husband's doing the same thing and you have people saying like, all right, guys, when are you going to get pregnant? You guys are happily married. How do you deal with those types of comments? I mean, at the end of the day, it's my decision. <laughs> so no matter how many comments come my way, no matter what people say, as long as my husband knows where I stand and where I feel, respects it, and we're on the same page. That's it. It's my vagina. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's my vagina. It's my egg count. It's yeah. you know, it's my decision. It's my timing. It's my life. I am entitled to make that decision for myself without the pressure of anybody else. And it was so crazy to see how many women reached out saying, thank you for that. Thank you. Like, I don't know how to say this. And it's, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. It is okay to choose your career before your baby. It is okay to choose your life before. It is okay. Do it at the time when you feel it's right. If that time doesn't come, then you don't have them. That's fine. That is okay too. It's a decision that as society, we need to be okay with stepping back and not asking people imprudent questions because you also don't know if somebody is trying and they're struggling or they don't want to and they don't want people to know it's obviously it comes from a good place when it comes from family and it comes culturally but I've gotten it from complete strangers I mean there's a thread on Twitter that apparently says I'm 37 years old and that in like a year my eggs are going to dry and then I'm going to be begging my husband for a baby like first of all I'm not 37 I'm 33 okay yeah first of all and so who cares that yeah. I was 37? I have a client who had a baby at 42. I know a lot of people. So it's people. like for people. Yeah. And and a lot of the times, not for anything, it's men having this conversation. A lot of the times, there's a lot of 
opinions on when a woman should, shouldn't, yeah. or she should have children. And I don't think it's anybody's business. I think we need to, you know, there's a saying in, in Spanish is, Cada persona atiende tu tienda, which means take care of your own store. So let everybody take care of their own store and I'll take care of my own store. It's so true. I love it. And everybody's on their own path. Like I say, you know, yeah. I selfishly love my life right now. There's so much that I'm yeah. working on. And I'm like, Dang. that doesn't mean I don't ever want kids, but my priority right now is me. And I'm like, is that Absolutely. messed up to say? But that's truly how I feel. And when I feel ready, we'll kind of take that step when the timing is right. But I think that's okay to say. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Because again, at the end of the day, I've worked so hard to be where I am today and I'm finally enjoying it. So now you want me to stop because the timing is right for you? No, it's everybody has their own timing and they're going to do it when it's right. And that is a very personal reason. And I, you know, a personal topic that I think we should just be okay with. That's it. Amen. Preach, preach. I love that. Well, Eileen, I know. Seriously, I feel like we can talk about that for another hour, but I just, I I love it. (laughs) I'm like, I'm just done hearing that from people. But anyways, you know, I I know we're getting close to time, but I'd love to hear what's next for Eileen. I don't know if you can say if you're doing another season on Netflix, but tell us what's next for you guys. What's getting you guys excited? So we're working on a lot of things. I mean, I can't give too much details on yeah. many things. All I can say is this is not the last you're going to see of us, yeah. whether it's here, somewhere, anywhere. There's a lot in the works. There's a lot that's going on that we're really excited for. And I mean, our projects are bigger. We're getting into development. We're doing Love things, it. you know, a little bit different. We're doing like projects all over the U.S. We're also trying to curate and create show houses and do, there's so many things I'm working on right now. You know, like for example, on Sunday, we have a photo shoot because we're going to be in a cover of, you know, for fashion week. And there's so many things we're working on that are associated with our industry outside. And I'm just excited. I'm just, I'm riding the wave. I'm enjoying it. I'm welcoming it with big arms. And I'm just really grateful for all the opportunities and that I get to share it and share my insights with people like you. I'm super grateful for the show because the show we're connected. and, And I hope that this, resonates with somebody and motivates them to work hard go for it and if you're a good person just know that that is a little secret weapon that you've got inside you polish that that is your diamond polish that keep it there hold it to a value like you would jewelry and making sure that it's insured that it's taken care of that nobody's stealing it from you and, and moving forward in the right direction Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, Eileen, thank you so, so much for joining us. This was such a blast and hearing you on and I can't wait to see everything you guys continue to do. So thank you so much. It's been amazing to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you. And a big hug to everybody listening as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Her Empire. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean the world to me if you would consider leaving a review or even sharing this episode with someone who might be inspired to create their own empire. To stay updated on new episodes or join our private community, visit BehindHerEmpire.com to sign up. We send inspiring and short emails every week to your inbox. I'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you're always in charge of your own destiny and it's never too late to start your own empire.